Podcast. Can I eat? Would you be mad if I ate? Yeah, please don't. Ben's <laughs> like, I have some dry cornflakes and I would like to enjoy those during the podcast. Would that be possible? When you say you want to eat, Ben, what do you mean exactly? Uh, I've got some, uh, it's like dinner. What is it? What is it? Is it, is it crunchy? <laughs> no, no, it's not crunchy. <laughs> 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 is it, why don't you just tell us what it is uh it's a kale salad okay, that's gotcha. super crunchy <laughs> leaf on earth welcome to missing the point in a very special edition of check my oil with myself your host for this evening's shenanigans dk sizzle dave clark and i have two very special guests uh and very special in the way that uh they're very special to me. They're not going to mean anything to you guys. Um, but let me credential them real quick. Um, on the one corner, I have a good friend of mine, Ben Peak, who, uh, since we're going to be talking about mixed martial arts tonight, he has a, something of a background in that. He was a professional fighter in several different um, combat sports. Um, ben, would you say your, your, your biggest successes probably came in uh, very tie? Very tie? I'm not a Spanish speaker, but it's very tie, right? it's uh muay thai yeah yeah no i yeah. uh much purely because of volume i competed more in muay thai than i did anything else so yeah well ben knows what he's talking about when it comes to cage fighting uh which is what we're going to be talking about tonight in regards to the ufc card coming up ufc 285 and just to credential uh matt a little bit much like myself he is a degenerate gambler so we really have everything covered. Uh, he's a lawyer in real life, too, which, you know, some people might put some stock in as far as articulating things and, and speaking on things intelligently. So now that you've int been introduced to the to the MMA crew here on Check My Oil, um, I'm just going to get right into it, guys. Uh, this is fucking stacked, this card. It's so exciting. I feel like it's like I'm always very complimentary of the UFC matchmaking. Uh, I really do think they do a good job of putting like good fights on all the time. But I have felt a little bit over the course of maybe the last eight months to a year, I couldn't really pinpoint the exact amount of time that some of the depth has been a little bit lackluster. Like there's been really good main event fights and really good, uh, like a few good co-mains here and there. But what the UFC always, I thought, did better than like professional boxing or Bellator or anything else is like, you could throw on an early prelim and there would be ramifications to the win uh, or loss, depending on which side you're actually uh, taking it from. And I think we're back to that on this card because we're going to skip over a few of the early prelim fights because I honestly would have had to Google a lot of those guys today and I wouldn't really be speaking from a place of intelligence. Maybe you guys would, but we're fucking skipping it. And we're going to go right into the Ian Gary Kanan song. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I think I got the song part right. We're going to go right into that Ian Gary fight. And I want to hear your guys' opinion on him because personally, like, obviously it's the second coming of Conor McGregor. Like, he's Irish. He's from Port Marnock. And he is somewhat cocky. And he's a stand-up fighter. Um, but he's also, like, 6'3". I think he's very athletic. But he's put two back-to-back -back decision wins together. And, like, you can kind of look at it from one of two ways, right? Like, He's getting the job done. He's 10 and 0. He hasn't lost a fight yet. When you watch him, he's super technical. He seems to know what he's doing. He's got some defensive holes, but he's, like I said, he's getting the job done. He might be a victim of his own myth a little bit 
right? Because if you're if you're the second coming of Conor McGregor and you don't just like knock out the first five guys that the UFC puts you against, you know, you're going to drown in that myth, right? In saying that, I do think the technical holes that I've seen from him are really glaring. Some of the punches I've seen him take, I don't want to know how good his chin is yet. Do you know what I mean? I feel like he's the kind of guy who maybe, because people were saying this about Connor, I think, early on too, like they saw holes in his game, like takedown defense and stuff, which eventually got found out. But I feel like a step up in competition, which I don't think this is for Ian Gary, as much as Song is a wily veteran, he's four and two in the UFC right now. Do you feel like a step up in competition is going to find this guy out? Or do you think they're managing him properly? They're grooming the next generation of like exciting UFC pay-per-view sellers. And they're just going to kind of feed him tin cans until he figures out that shit. I haven't, I, I haven't been blasted by media about this guy, mm. nor about his opponent. So mm. I don't know if they're, if I would say that they are running him up too fast in any way. Um, that, to your point, Kanan Song or Song Kanan, I'm sorry. Right, I, let's uh, just call him Song. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he, he seems like a talented guy. Again, haven't heard much of him. Right. So uh, this doesn't seem like a huge step up in competition. Seems like a little bit more uh, attention. Um, and, uh, and Gary seems like a, a talented guy. Um, but he doesn't seem to have, in my opinion, the star power of somebody like Conor McGregor. I think he thinks he does. Well, and that's great. I think all p- professional athletes should have unwavering confidence in themselves. Mm-hmm, for sure. um, but his name, his name isn't everywhere. In in my opinion, doesn't have the style to back it up. He's a very talented guy, um, but he stands very, very straight up. He does. Um, it's scary. Yeah, it, My money like, doesn't want to go near him because of how he stands. It's very scary. His chin's yeah. like pointed up in the fucking in the sky. It's real weird. Yeah, body super super rigid. Um, again, seems talented. But uh, I saw him doing some work with Liam Harrison, who's a very, very talented Muay Thai fighter out of England, um, out of Leeds, I believe. And uh, you, can, you can see the holes when he does pass, which is when you should be mm. perfect. Right. Um, I, I, I think it's... Uh, you mean like what? Like he's dropping his hand when he's throwing a, throwing a punch or what? Drop, well, no, I think his head's too straight up. When, really when, you're, when you're working, when, even on the pads, you should be off the center line, moving off the center line, moving your head, throwing. He throws his upper, his body stays in the exact same spot, chin directly over his knee and toes. Same spot, doesn't move. Um, and uh, he looks very fast. He, he, has, he seems to put He's accurate good... too. He's, I yeah, feel yeah. like when, it, when he throws punches, they do land. He touches the target really well. So far. Yeah, right. Right. Because... I mean, that's the thing. That's what I mean. A step up in competition and all of a sudden... He doesn't look like the same guy, you know, yeah. that, that's been running through guys. We've, like you said, we've never really even heard of this. We don't even know which order to pronounce this song guy's name in. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, you know, I'm, he's a four, four and two UFC fighter. I'm sure he's very talented. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But you put Ian Gary at, at this division, in this division, you put him against somebody in the top 10 right now. I, I'm, I'm betting against him every single time. So yeah. I, I do think that they should just keep feeding him like the Rancor. Just keep just throwing. Don't throw him Luke Skywalker yet. Just keep dropping fucking extras down there until he gets big and meaty before he does that real fight. Matt, Ian Gary's minus 850. Song Kanan is plus 525 as of the time of recording. Is there value in an underdog bet here? Because that's a big punt. 
But I, I'm not even I'm not even going to lean on a parlay on Ian Gary right now, to be honest with you, based on the shit that Ben's been saying. I mean, based on the shit that I've seen, too. I'm not going to lean on a fucking parlay with this guy because he could tank your whole parlay on your on one of the biggest favorites of the night. We're going to go on to talk about Bo Nickel, who is the biggest favorite of the night, who I would definitely lean a fucking parlay on. No problem. But minus 850. How pissed would you be if that if he just got knocked out? You know, you'd be out of your mind. You'd be you'd have to be out of your mind to take that when we've only seen him in limited circumstances. I think me and you talked about it during his last fight where we saw him take shots and uh, it, it looked ugly when he did. Now, I think he's going to destroy this kid. I don't think there's going to be much of, a, of an issue here. The thing that makes me weary of him is that Dana White loves a foreign name. He loves an Irish guy that can come out there and flash and put him out and market him. And that hasn't happened here with Ian Garrett. And there has to be a reason for it. So I do have him winning this fight handedly. I think he's going to smoke this kid, but I'm not going to touch it on a bet. It's just not worth it to risk against it. And at four, I have it at 475. You say he's plus 500, this song Kanan. Plus uh, four, 525 when I looked at it, but maybe it's different at different sports books. I think I'm just going to have fun watching an Irish guy. That's what I think I'm going to do. Because yeah. as being a friend with you, I'm an Irish sympathizer. Can't help it. Love him. <laughs> I don't understand these comparisons to Conor McGregor other than that he's Irish, though, because even though he is fast and versatile, he has none of yeah, the guys. Fight. We don't all know each other. Jesus. I, I, well, I don't know if that's true. I think there's like 50. <laughs> but <laughs> I see none of the flow or the that that control of the octagon that Conor had, even at a lower level, even at his beginning stages. I, I do like Ian Gary in this fight, and I do like him as a fighter. I just think the biggest tell here is he's still on the early prelim. When people have known his name now for at least three months. Yeah. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Tulusma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Tulusma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Electricast. Yeah, God, man, that run, that that early Connor run was so fucking great. Oh, the thing about it is, is like anytime somebody does like a comparison, with him or it's like oh the connor does this and i know it's like fun to hate on or whatever like if you were there like and you were watching that run you were having a good time like the best was having a fucking good time and like like you said at the very start and i'll round it out on this ben it's like ian gary you just don't you're not getting that same you're not getting that same feeling you know like that same like you're not getting swept up on that magic carpet that is like the very in your face very brash very divisive uh figure who it, it was original when it happened. You know, it, it was an original thing that, that the UFC had never really seen. Yeah, it was some of some of it was cribbed from, you know, boxers that we knew about or or big flashy uh, combat sports prize fighters over the years. But the way that he delivered it and the way that he did it was so unique. You got to kind of find your own thingy in Gary. You know, like I think his thing of like, oh, I got into judo when I like started watching Conor McGregor fights when I was 10 and. Then I, you know, then I learned this and I learned this and he's a really good athlete and all, all the rest. But uh, I think the best he can hope for based on his skill set, to be honest, is to be on a Conor McGregor card. And I think that if he performs well, it's not about if he wins. Of course, I have him winning this fight. Uh, 
it's about what his level is. And I think he needs to win in style. Then I think he potentially needs to win one more time against someone who doesn't really matter who. And then maybe we see him on the main card for, for Chandler, uh, for Chandler McGregor, which I think would make it exciting. And it would excite the traveling fans that are likely going to be there because as much as there's probably three people left in Ireland uh, that are are sympathetic to Conor McGregor's cause, uh, he seems to still be <laughs> full of crowd. Um, but we won't get into that. We don't. It's have just so in vogue to hate Conor now. We all loved him when he was doing. Uh, this. It's in vogue, and it's also um, informed by like a lot of things. <laughs> this is the I think is the main issue. Is it's like oh, it's just in vogue to hate Conor, except for you know the rape accusations. They they play a part, I think, in some people's opinions of him, but. Oh, he just gets so nostalgic from before he was like outing himself as a piece of shit all the time and just saying funny shit in press conferences. But anyway, whatever. We're moving on to the prelims. Um, Juliana Marquez. No, Juliana. Julian Marquez and Mark Andre Berriolt, I think. Berriolt? 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 He's French Canadian. He's French Canadian. So um, I think this is going to be a great fight, to be honest with you. I think these are two kind of bums. Um, I think Marquez has had like injury issues, but he starts hot. Uh, Mark Andre Berriolt likes to get knocked out early. Um, if it's a if Julian Marquez wins, in my opinion, on this fight, it's because he wins in like the first round. He's one of those guys. He's going to start hot. He's going to come at him really hot. Uh, Mark, I'm just going to start calling him Mark because his name takes too fucking long to say. It's probably measured in kilometers because he's French Canadian. Um, but he, I think what he's going to try, probably try and do is trap, trap Julian up against the cage, try and gas him out, try and work him, try and grapple him. Um, these guys are basically like copies of each other in body type. They're the same size. They've got basically the same reach, uh, same height. They went pro at like the same time. They're like the same age. Um, neither of them are ever going to be UFC champions, but it's to kick the prelims off with, I think they're banking on just like a little bit of fireworks. Uh, Matt, I, it's a kind of a pick em. I think there's value in the plus 125 for Julian Marquez. Uh, I think he, and I think I might even do a method of victory bet with like a first round KO because I I've seen this other dude get knocked out by really loopy fucking overhands in the research. So I just feel like, eh, fuck it. Right. Like just take a little, a little money line punt on a plus 125. What do you think? That's exactly what I thought, Dave. I did the same research. Because to be honest, I wasn't very familiar with either of them. I know me and you had bet on Mark Andre before and watched him lose together, which was a lot of fun. Oh, did we? Uh, uh, yep. And that always puts a sour taste. I, had, I hadn't put him on my shit list, so it must not have been that bad. But I love a sleepy boy. I love watching a guy get slept in the first round. So I went the exact same way with Marquez. Plus, we're going to go with it. It's America versus Canada. We're going America. <laughs> Every time. No, of course. Of course. Um, unless George St. Pierre is involved, I guess. Uh, ben, do you know about any of the either of these guys? Any any assessment of either of their skill sets? No, they seem to be pretty middling fighters. Yeah, um, they are. To, they to, both, are. to both of your points, graveyards are littered with middling fighters. Yeah, they've had some speckled success and loss in their in their past. Uh, not, I haven't heard. I think I've heard of one opponent from either of them. Um, yeah, and, it's the guy. Uh, uh, it's that guy who's on this card, right? The tarantula knocked one of them out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the uh, the Canadian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Marquez, I believe, beat Sam Alvey. Um, hard, <laughs> hard guy to like. There's a, uh, there's a lot of things that have beaten Sam Alvey. <laughs> I do like his TikTok. Though. 
to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. He's, you know what's uh, funny about Sam Alvey is he reminds, this is going to be so niche and like the listeners are just not going to get this, but he reminds me a little bit of that kid that we went to high school with. They call him smiling Sam Alvey, right? Because he's like always in a good mood. But I actually just think that's how his fucking face is shaped. Because like yeah. every time I watch one of his TikToks, I'm like, no, I just think he like has to breathe through his mouth because he's a little stupid. <laughs> Nicest kid on the planet. Closest yeah. thing to the mask I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got one of those. <laughs> You've got one of those faces going on. Uh, yeah. Like the ginger gene like seeped into the bone structure or something. right? Yep. Yep. Uh, I'll, ble- I'll bleep his name out in the in the editing. But <laughs> in post, I think uh, <laughs> I think it's, it's just uh, just a filler. Unless you know either of these guys personally. Uh, yeah, unless you're, for, unless you're someone's for, brother. For the rest of the card to move on. Uh, yeah, no, that's completely fair. I think it's like you don't want to put them on the early prelims because they have like some sort of a pedigree in the UFC. You don't want to like annoy them. But also it's like, well, they're kind of a, a known entity. So you, you can put you can match make properly, put you guys together and like something might happen. And if it doesn't, it's the first fight of the prelims. I think that they're also banking a little bit on the fact that viewership if the business model of this particular usc card seems to be viewership from the early prelims is going to be higher than ever probably because of i think like i i do agree with you that it's not like you're not getting media blasted with ian gary but i know the entire mma irish mma community will be tuning in to watch him at the end of the of the uh early prelims so i think you're going to get a little rollover for the for the prelim prelims and I think that's going to the way they set this fight up is because it's like, all right, well, let's try and entertain them. Let's let's throw a couple of gladiators out there that we know draw blood and we'll see what happens from there, because you're not going to. And this is a good little segue into our next fight. You're not going to do that with the Amanda Rebos, uh, Viviana Arejo, Arejo, Arojo. Let's say Arojo. Um, this is going to be one of those like two women punch each other a lot of times and you're not 100 percent sure who won unless uh rebass just decides to wrestle her because i think that she has a little bit more of a skill set there um it's not the most exciting fight on the card and i'm not just saying that because it's two ladies i think that there's a lot of great uh female fighters out there i think that the co-main event has a lot of interesting um angles to it i'm very excited i love watching valentina fight um and you know that's just me hedging my bets with the uh with the internet but uh, I'm just saying it's not going to be a fucking spectacular fight. I think it's going to be a decision. So if you're going to bet on either one of them, um, I would bet and you're going to do a method of victory bet. I would go decision for whoever you think is going to win. It looked like a pick to me, Matt. It was. Yeah, I mean, it was a pick as well. Um, obviously, I, you know, I love somebody that's made me money before. And Amanda Rebus in wins and losses has made me money. I think she's going to win. I do too. I do too. I think uh, I love her for sleeping uh, Van Zant. You know, putting Paige down for what was it? Her last fight. Um, why? Why do you hate Paige Van Zant? Did she up the price of her OnlyFans? Well, she finally <laughs> joined OnlyFans. From what I saw on Instagram. From what I saw on Instagram. From yeah, my research. Yeah. From my from my research on today's fight. That's what I saw. <laughs> um, <laughs> Matt's no, like eleven ninety nine. Bullshit. Rebus is a familiar name. She's earned that spot. She's lost the time spot before. Um, from my research on Araujo or Vivian, I don't know how to say her last name. She, I mean, she, that's a hungry girl. That's a real hungry fighter right there. I'm going to go with my familiar name. The one that's made me money. I'm going to go with Rebus on this one. Ben, who you got? Yeah, I'm going with Rebus as well. Um, to your point, I think it's a, it's a pick em. Um 
I'm not sure if you got these odds right. Minus one twenty five and in minus one zero one. I don't know how. That's what, uh, that's how... what I got. Yeah, because I mean, essentially, it's like I think that's Vegas being like, eh, I'm, eh, this, this is, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yeah. well, well, what are the odds? And Vegas is like, you know, <laughs> you're like, okay, thanks, Vegas. <laughs> you bet. It's like they um, gave it to the intern to do these odds. I think, but uh, yeah, no, no, those are correct. Yeah, yeah, I, that's that's interesting. I think uh, I think Arujo takes it if uh, she's able to keep it on the seat. Probably a slow, um, a slower striking match to uh, to a decision. Uh, Rebus, um, I doubt she subs her. I doubt she knocks her out. Um, I think uh, I think we're looking at a, a long decision here. Amazing. Uh, moving on to the next fight, uh, Derek Brunson and Drakus Duplessis. I believe is how you say this name. This is an interesting one for me, to be honest. I have some things to say about both these guys, so bear with me for a second. Duplessis beat Darren Till, which means next to fuck to me. I, I really wanted Darren Till to be good. I really, like, you know, he's a Liverpool guy, scouser, big energy, came in, knocked out Cowboy Cerrone, looked like twice Cowboy Cerrone's size. I thought the way he cut to welterweight when he did it successfully was like, very impressive and he looked bigger than every welterweight like by a lot and i was like oh, okay cool this this guy's gonna come in and like do what connor did essentially in 145 and just be like the biggest fucking 145er right um i thought that's what darren till was gonna do darren till turns out sucks he just sucks and I, i'm like mad that i still hear about him and like that i said there's still like videos coming up of him being like here's why i got cut from the oc it's like you don't get to do that tour dude you sucked you got you got murked by everybody you were responsible for that fucking Jorge Mazadal hype train. That's you started that shit. You got knocked out by Tyrone Woodley, who later got beat by a YouTuber. That's not a good look. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Dave, I don't know if you saw it, but Darren Till asked to be released from the UFC. Yeah, yeah sure he did. Twitter. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. He no, that's what that's what it dropped was. Dropped from the premier MMA fight clinic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he was like, I just need a break from this very successful and lucrative career that I've got going on. Uh, I'll be, I'll be back in a few minutes. Um. He looked his best that I've ever seen him look, Darren Till, against Duplessis. And I think that's my first instinct is to say that's because he was like training with Hamzat and he just like looked like he had been doing a lot harder rounds and he, his training just looked better. His like stance looked better because he was like, we're talking about Ian Gary standing up straight. Darren Till looked like a two dimensional fucking Street Fighter character when he fought. When you look back on that, it's like his, like, he would throw a punch like, and you're just that's great radio dave but you throw a punch like this and you just be like oh somebody's getting fucking like knocked unconscious it was bad and he also had that same one-two punch combo like he never lost it and it just drove me fucking insane every single time i watch it because it's like everyone can just read this in the game tape now anyway duplessis beats him that doesn't mean a ton to me he looks super athletic uh he looks explosive he looks durable um he did take some hits in that fight it was a good scrap um but Plus 185 for Derek Brunson. That's got some value to it, to be honest with you. He's a 10-year UFC vet. I, I know he when he he's lost, he's gotten fucking pieced up. Like, Israel Adesanya was just, like, highlight reeling him. And, like, Jared Cannonier just, like, cleaned him out in the first round. But we're these are the guys that are the top of the UFC middle, middleweight division. Like, he's fighting top fucking guys all the time. Do I think he's at the top of the heap? No. But... This Duplessis guy has not fought a guy like Derek Brunson. This is definitely his highest level of competition, right, Ben? I feel like, I feel like this is a test that I'm not willing to put money on Duplessis to see if he passes. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I'm there with you. I think both these guys are gatekeepers. Um, just you think Duplessis is a gatekeeper? Do we know enough about him yet? Well, I've been. I agree about Brunson for sure. He's been on cards for a while. You know, we I've I've heard Duplessis' name for a while, um, mainly as an opponent. You're never like, oh wow, he looked fantastic. He's the next guy. Um, to your point, um, fought Darren Till, beat him, not impressively. No. Uh, and uh, is he sure. South African, Duplessis? Uh, I'm not. Uh, yeah, sure. Because um, if he's South I, African and he's that white, you got to cheer against him because he's at least apartheid adjacent. Yes. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Green, like any, every yeah. white South African I've ever met, I'm like, do you, what's your grandpa like? You know? Yeah, like, yeah. Not, uh, you heard some shit at well, the dinner table, huh? Not a great guy. Yeah, I, uh, I'd have to imagine. Um, but again, uh, this isn't something that... Uh, I'm super excited for Derek. I think he'll have the edge in grappling. Um, I think this is kind of not really going to be a barn burner in any way. He'll probably uh, grind his way to a decision win. Yeah, that's that actually is exactly how I see this going. Matt, 185 plus 185 for Derek Brunson. There's value in that, right? I don't think so. No? no? I think I, Controversy. I got to go against the grain here. I think Duplessis has won his last six fights. I think he beat Darren Till coming off of a training about with, with Tom. Comes on. Chemaev, however you want to say his name. I hate that guy. Hamzat. Sure. Hamzat. Come on, just sure. get it right, dude. Just get sure. it right. We've been nailing Hamzat. all the names today. He's coming off of a training with Hamzat where they have their little bromance going on. He comes in, he loses to Duplessis by submission. Anybody training with Hamzat for, what, six months, and you're going to lose by submission in a fight? I think Duplessis is going to put a, a bad period on Brunson's career. I think he's got two fights left on his contract, and that's going to probably be it for him. If Brunson US. loses, he's not fighting, I don't think. Because he was saying I, he was going to retire before Cannoneer. Right. He's mulling right. that over. So. He's only got two fights left on his contract, so I'm sure that would be the kick of it. I really just think Duplessis is going to handle him. I think you hammer that. I think it's I think it's a no-doubt win for Duplessis. You know when you bet on a guy that's like not very urgent, though? Like, he doesn't fight with, like, a lot of urgency and, like, your money's on the line. So you're like, I would love for you to be just, like, trying a little harder. Like, would that be Right, possible? like, a little more effort while like, I'm watching. And that like, I know he doesn't him. know. He doesn't know that I, like, you know, might have to ask for a loan if he doesn't fucking win this fight. <laughs> it's like, I need to pay my mortgage, sir. And I get that that's my fault. Like, that's, that's, that's irresponsible that I bet the mortgage on it. But just try a little harder. Um, right. It, you know, is all I'm saying. He's just a little, he's a little lackadaisical. But he's coming off of the six win streak here with two submissions, three knockouts, or, or, or I'm sorry, two submissions, uh, two knockouts, two decisions. So I'm, I'm all on Duplessis here. I think you're, you're right. Though, he's fight. a fucking gate, gatekeeper. This absolutely is not like he's surging up the rankings. You know, no. I think, I think the, the, the sort of phony media uh, attache that Darren Till brings, uh, is is why we're even really like aware of him in in like sort of a media blast way. It's like, oh, he beat Darren Till. It's like, so did fucking everybody. So did everyone. The only guy that's that's lost to more different people that you've heard of than Darren Till is Cowboy, who he like beat to get recognition in the first place. So, I don't know. I mean, absolutely right. Everybody beats fucking Cowboy. That's just the way it is. Um. All right. We're on to the saddest part of the part of the card. We have, we have no. a Cody Hart. <laughs> We have to talk about Cody Garbrandt, and I'll tell you why. He's the featured prelim, which is such a fall from grace uh, from the champion of what I would call the stacked midget division 
uh, like back then when all those midgets were beating each other up at like, you know, to before before the Braveheart execution style. It's like that was so great. TJ Dillashaw, Cody Garbrandt, um, fucking Dominic Cruz. Uriah Faber was still knocking around. There was a ton of drama and and through lines. And 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 this guy said this about him and Connor called him fucking snake in the grass at, at, on the ultimate fighter and all this different shit. Right. So. All the drama was there. It was like an episode of The Real World. And I begrudgingly liked Cody Garbrandt because I've never liked Dominic Cruz. I, I think he's one of the worst commentators that I've ever had the misfortune of listening to. Like that fucking monotone just absolutely kills me, to be 100% honest with you. I think that the, uh, I think that his like sort of in general attitude of like, I'm fucking better than everybody else is like, I guess somewhat well-earned. Like he was very good when he was good. But man, Cody Garbrandt made him look average, like made him look awkward, made him look slow. That was one of the best boxing performances I've ever witnessed in a in a UFC championship it, like situation. Like he was so fast. He was so slick. And then it turns out he just had the one thing that you really can't have when you're a professional fighter. And that's a bad chin. Because once that chin got tapped once by TJ Dillashaw, who is gotta be still keeping cody garbrandt up at night right like steroids whatever all you want tj dillashaw has got to be the villain in that man's life forever like you can never forget that like how do you how do you lose to him twice twice with all that lead up and all that drama no as unlikable as dominic cruz is there there is not a soul on earth that likes um oh i forgot his name already tj dillashaw Dave Dillashaw. Yeah, man, no, there is that not. guy is so unlikable. He really is. Uh, yeah, yeah. And just uh, in your face cheat. Yeah, the cheating thing, like, I already hated him so much that, like, it, it didn't really bother me once he, like, got caught cheating. I was like, that's fine. I already fucking hated him. <laughs> like, right. Good. <laughs> right, but, exactly. like, it wasn't going to make me, like, hate him more or less. Like, he had already ruined that division, you know? Um, and then to have the audacity to, to, to lose to, a, to nobody except for Henry Cejudo, who is the most insufferable motherfucker that you'll ever come across. Most right? overrated fighter in the history. Yeah, and then it's like he's not even retired or is he retired? I just, I hate that he's, guy too. He's drunk at every event. He's starting fights backstage with heavyweights. It's so, he's, he's just very annoying. So you have to be amused with the fact though that Cody Garbrandt gave us the greatest thing that we saw during the COVID lockdown, which was that knockout at the buzzer. And then oh, when also, he like reached down to the ground and then like knocked that guy out, that, that that was ducking dope. swing. And then are also, you going to get knocked no, out by that though? Unbelievable. unbelievable. How are you going to get knocked out by that? But now we also yeah. know that when Cody goes to his doctor, the reason that he needs Viagra is, is TJ Dillashaw. Oh yeah. No. He's taking his manhood. Oh, he did. He took his manhood. You're a hundred percent correct. Like that, that thing at the end where like, I felt so bad for him, honestly. Like when Cody gets knocked out and then he gets up and he clearly has no idea what's going on. And TJ's like yelling in his face. He's like, what's oh. up? And Cody's like trying to kind of stand up for himself. But he's like, you can tell he just has no idea where he is. And it's just like, oh, oh. It would have hurt TJ yep. less to lose to Cody than it hurt Cody to lose to TJ. You know what I mean? Like right. that's like, why I wanted that to happen. Without a doubt. You're absolutely there was right. all that. There was all that buildup from the sparring footage as well. Right. Of, uh, because Cody uh, like didn't like because they were saying that Dillashaw sparred like an asshole was their was their opinion. But Ben, yeah, yeah. explain this to me actually because I want some inside baseball on this because for me I thought that there was such a thing as the kind of hard rounds that simulate an actual fight. 
Is that what they're saying that that Dillashaw would do? Or was it like that you're supposed to be sparring light and he's being a dick about it? Is that or or are you just not supposed to ever really go 100 percent? No. So 100 percent. I don't think there's a place for it. There is always a place for hard rounds during camp. Um, and you and you get that, those maybe twice a week because you don't want to uh, to beat yourself up too twice bad. a week in like the six to eight weeks leading up to the fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then you simulate the actual stress of a fight. Um, but the majority of the time you're working on technique and you don't want to be hurting your sparring partners. And that is really what you heard a lot about Dillashaw that mm-hmm. he was beat people up to hurt him in the gym. Um, which uh, what an asshole. Well, yeah. not fair. Trend will do that to you, if, you know, when you're doing your full cycle. Yeah, yeah, that's that fair. I don't know if it, I don't. It, was, it definitely wasn't trend. It was no, probably like, probably, what's trend? That sounds like a, a Star Trek. Trend, trend's probably the the more intense version of anabolic that you can take. I think he got actually popped for the same thing that John Jones got popped for, which was there was a uh, estrogen inhibitor found in his urine. No, no, no. Dillashaw definitely got popped for like you we know you put a needle in your ass like we they his like was way more extreme than john jones's because john jones it was like you're right it was like a hormone estrogen blocker situation where they're like your levels ah this is weird and then they've changed the level since so he's obviously completely exonerated according to him so <laughs> the uh i think dillashaw it was like we found this steroid in your piss or blood i think was like that was that's why he went away for like a while you know, like a couple of years. And then his comeback was years. fucking pathetic. Fucking pathetic, which was great, honestly. I'm sure Cody Garbrandt at least got some salve for that. But unfortunately, the reality of the situation is those losses and then the other lots, losses on the trot that, like, I think came from the fact that Cody was a confidence fighter. You know, like, I think he was, like, when he was on that heater, he, nobody in the world was beating him until they did. Now, I think he comes in a little bit. His his head never looks quite right. Like, his he never looks, like, super confident. And honestly, if you're getting your lights put out that fucking easily, like, Ben, you always say you never got knocked out. There has to be some mental change once you get knocked out. There has to be. There's no way you can go in and be the same guy, for better or for worse, right? Yeah, because now now you don't have that confidence to 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 be able to continue to move forward, which to was... Take risks especially with a guy like Garbrandt, when you talk about his fight with, with, uh, with Cruz, who was uh, honestly, before he, before he, before he opened his mouth was a hero to me when he was in the WEC in the UFC. That was during my MMA time. Mm -hmm. I loved watching that guy. He was at a lighter weight, uh, loved watching him move and he could suck everybody into his game. Mm -hmm. He could get, he could get you to bite on his feints, which he was Mm -hmm. a master. Mm -hmm. Um, when he fought Garbrandt, Garbrandt had that unwavering confidence in himself, walked right through it, knew what the, that the movement was really going to be 90% feints and just struck, struck, struck yeah. with it until he put him down. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't have that confidence to be able to stand in the pocket and throw, um, which I'm not really sure where to go here because Garbrandt maybe still tells himself that's what he's supposed to do. Well, when he that's, does. that's the crazy part is that he's got this, he's got this, really really amazing skill set for the division like he can wrestle he can grapple he can chain wrestle he can stop you from taking him down he is a really good boxer there was a point i think probably the five minutes after that dominic cruz fight i think he's the best boxer in the ufc in that in that moment right like he just he hits that peak at one point right i think like just based off contextual performances you know i think when Max Holloway was yelling, I'm the best boxer in the UFC while not looking at his opponent and slipping those, he was the best boxer in the UFC. But then he goes and gets 
fucking demolished by how fast Alexander Volkanovsky is, who I've gained a lot of begrudging respect for in subsequent times since that Max Holloway fight. I'm just Max is a fan favorite, obviously. Um, you look at Garbrandt doing that and you're like, you're you you never do the right thing when you go in there. And I think that has a lot to do with that fucking team, like team alpha male. I I oh, I, I cannot put if if I find out that I accidentally bet on a team alpha male guy, I'm so upset because their record is so bad. Like it's always I see like little Uriah Faber like fucking just gobbling up to the fucking side of the cage. And I'm like, oh fuck me. Really? They're alpha male guys. First of all, they should have reconsidered that name when they were making that gym. First off, that's not great. Secondly, they all do the same thing. They all drop their fucking hand and get knocked out the same way. It's not just Cody. That Cody Garbrandt knockout happens one. to all of them. It's like, why? Because who's 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 a good striker there? It started by Uriah Faber. Their best fighters, TJ Dillashaw. All right. He leaves, gets better at striking when he leaves, right? Am I wrong? Fucking Chad Mendez, <laughs> the fucking most widely known wrestler in the featherweight division, right? All this, they just, it's hubris. They don't bring somebody in who's really good at striking. He was wasted at that gym, man. If he had gone somewhere like, fuck, I don't know. Imagine Cody Garbrand just four years ago goes like, fuck it, shaves his head and goes to like shoot box in Brazil. Like Cody Garbrandt, you're not beating him in that division right now if he makes that choice, right? I that's, right. I genuinely believe that about his. Well, I I think you're absolutely right. Or imagine he goes to Thailand and really does the training, the hard training, rather than riding not his in bicycle. Sacramento, Cody. No. no. What are you doing? All what he wants to do is ride his bicycle and get knocked out. I, and you yeah. know what? It's because of that. Even though I think actually, shootbox would be the worst place for him because that I would. Was, I was just. <laughs> yeah, I, I just <laughs> We'll not put him at shoot box. I did see <laughs> Cody Garbrandt dead. There, was, I think it would teach him something. There, there was up. some uh, there was some tape of Cody going to Thailand and putting in the work. Um, but he was at he uh, um, Tiger Muay Thai, uh, which Tiger is Thai, right. um, if you're familiar with it, it's kind of like the uh, uh, I don't know the the TikTok Muay Thai of uh, oh gotcha okay. I mean, it's like the, it's like everybody goes there. It's huge. Um, yeah, that's not, not what really I want for him. him. And he looked terrible when he was. That's doing where Kamzad is now. Yeah. Whenever you yeah. say his name, it sounds like I should bleep it out. Like it sounds. You say it in a sexual way. Do I, do I say it like that? <laughs> you say it like Kamslot, or I say it like Kamshot, <laughs> or something. Yeah. I think if it sounds like you're calling him Kamslot, that's what I don't like. I don't like the Abe Lincoln. I don't like his attitude. But uh, you know, I think the UFC is giving him Trevin Jones here as a chance to come back. Like a real comeback. What shot. if he loses, guys? What I, if he loses to Trevin Jones? You know what? And have him losing to Trevin Jones. Oh my! Yeah. I think it's over. I think it's over. I don't yeah. think you come back from this. The yips are real. You hear footsteps. He's going to be too defensive. He's going to fuck this up. I just know he is. I have Trevin Jones taking this. Ben, I, I'm 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 with you there. I think. Oh I God. Think that, I, I don't know if this is a loser leaves town match, but both of them have. Are they both uh, need it? They both need it. Yeah, yeah. Both need uh, Trevin. I. This is this would be Trevin's fourth loss, I believe, and this would be Cody's third. Um, so they're giving uh, somebody who's looking terrible one of the worst. They should throw one knife in the middle. Yeah, this is for the fight. One knife between the two of them, and it's like let's just see what happens. This is awesome. It's they're fucked up the way they made this. <laughs> it's a classic it's Dana White move. Oh, they're so dead. It's two desperate guys. They're fighting for their lives in there. And honestly, it's a perfect featured prelim. Like, I love the UFC for this. 
the thing is, is like it is human cockfighting <laughs> in, in the best possible way. I, I agree with John McCain on that one. Wasn't it John? <laughs> John McCain, right? Okay, cool. I think so. Yeah. Um, God, that's it's it's I don't mean to sound like I'm like dancing in his blood right now, but like fuck, it is funny that we can all see at the same time this like, very sad downfall. Like, uh, just like some of the moments that he's gone through. And then I saw him at a press conference today and he was like, Oh yeah, I cut the weight to go like to the lower thing and my head was right. My life was in shambles. He said, My life was in shambles. <laughs> he said that sentence. I'm not paraphrasing. He was like, Last when I cut the weight, I went my life was in my home life was in shambles, I think is what he said. I was like, dude. Cody, I need him to win because I think we need to like watch him if he loses. We need Man, to like keep our eye on. I do miss the Cody who had the belt on. He had. We're that, never seeing that again. That's yeah, that's memory and the super fan kid that like you know was coming to the ring with him. God, we had such a talent. That kid won't even talk to him anymore. <laughs> he's ashamed of it. It's oh yeah, that kid's inboxing Bo Nickel now. He knows what he's doing. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> that kid's like, you're not my father. TJ Dillashaw's my father now. <laughs> TJ Dillashaw's like, stop following me home, kid. Yeah. Oh my god. Fuck. I did enjoy that segment. Um. All right, we're finally here. Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel. Uh. Matt's rolling his eyes. I think this guy's gonna be a champion in no time flat. I yeah. Think the, it, let me just give you his his credentials really quick. I mean, obviously, everyone's talking about Bo Nickel. There's nothing here. Yeah, Penn State, which is probably the best uh, freestyle wrestling program in the world. Um, he's a four-time All-American, four-time team national champion, three-time individual national champion, and a Dan Hogan Award winner, uh, which I had to look up, which essentially just means you're the best wrestler on earth. Um, I, yeah, is that Hulk? No, his name's Terry. Yeah. Um, it would be cool if it was the Hulk Hogan Award. That I would take seriously, <laughs> but in the in the wrestling category. But essentially, this guy is a freestyle wrestler. And Matt, you're rolling your eyes, but I want this guy to be the kind of wrestler that's dominating in the UFC because freestyle wrestling is a ton of fun to watch when done well, when done as efficiently as Bo Nickel has used in MMA, going through those Dana White Contender Series guys to 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 be used to. Uh, Make your opponent scared that you're going to shoot so they freeze and then they get knocked out. That's like a, a big thing that freestyle wrestlers do a lot. Or uh, <laughs> you get taken down and he immediately advances position. He's always trying to advance position, get to your back, get to your back, get to your back, ground and pound, all that stuff. The combat Sambo guys, you know, and I'm a little biased here. I, I get that. But those combat Sambo guys, it's like, oh my God, with the single leg, and they just drag you down. It's like, you know, the 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 family guy cutaway where they're like, oh, my God, you're worse than Buzz Killington. And they, they cut to Buzz. It's like every time I see a guy with a beard and no mustache and, and like a bald head and it's like handling from Dagestan. I'm like, oh, I do the Peter Griffin like oh, Buzz Killington's here. This is going to be no fun. And like, I get it. Like, I get everybody in the MMA comment sections being like, you just don't understand the sport. You know, these are elite at this level. I'm like, I agree. They are really good at what they do. I'm done betting against them. I'm done, like, denying the fact that their skulls are made of different stuff. Like, I'm, I get it. It's a fucking snooze fest, you know? It's like, you can sit there and tell me that the work of fucking, uh, you know, Jean-Luc Godard is the greatest cinema in history. And I understand from a technical perspective why you're saying that. But I would rather watch Lethal Weapon. I just would. It's just more fun. 
It's <laughs> actually why I'm rolling my eyes, dude. Kurosawa's Bone Nickel's great. fun to watch. Bone, Bone Nickel's fun, fun to watch. watch. Why are we watching him fight Jamie Pickett? Why well, are we doing this to Jamie He has Pickett. a 3-0 fucking MMA record. Yeah, but <laughs> we know what numbers a bit. See, as much as we can credit Dana White and the matchmaking that they do, it's stuff like this that annoys me because they are slow rolling their talent. No, they're going to make him look great on a John Jones card. He's going to look fantastic. Exactly, and that's annoying. I want to watch him fight Hamza. I don't want to watch him fight Jimmy Pickett. This yeah, is, they got to fight. They have to you know fight. How, so I don't watch bare-knuckle bare, bare UFC or bare-knuckle FC because I think it's sad. This is going to be sad. It's going to hey, be sad. I think the bare-knuckle FC needs to lean into it and do it in a backyard. <laughs> like, that's their problem. Is they're not, they, don't, they don't understand their own brand. They just or don't understand their own brand. Just like do it a real dive bar in Pennsylvania somewhere, central Pennsylvania, <laughs> where it's real dirty on the ground. You know exactly what you're looking at. Yeah. Chad Mendez is on three different steroids. That's you're watching it. You're watching it. You're like, hey, I, think I know that girl in the, in the crap. Um, <laughs> Bo Nickel is going to knock this kid out while taking a single leg. It's going to be the dumbest thing we've ever seen. No, I want to watch him fight real talent. All right, Ben, talk some sense in this, man, please. Bo Nickel's a lot of fun. And he's super Bo skilled. Nick, Bo Nickel's a lot of fun. One of the most talented grapplers that we've ever seen in the UFC. He could be fighting for the title right now. He, well, no. So this is where that's where I'm going to push back, and I'm going to push back on Matt's point. So Bo Nickel, super exciting, very talented grappler. I saw him against Gordon Ryan in a submission only. He was like the greatest jiu-jitsu guy ever, right? Yes, currently best in the world. Um, and uh, Bo Nickel is going to come in. This is a... This is a gimme for Bo. Yeah, of um, course. But this is what we need to see first. I remember when an old uh, jujitsu coach of mine was fighting MMA, who we all hate. Um, and uh, he was a... Uh, Say his name. None. <laughs> um, we, uh, but he, was, he only had a couple fights, and he was getting some flack for fighting, uh, for fighting low down the rankings because he was a black belt, because he had um, some experience in the big show. You need to give these guys time to build. Um, is, is it Jamie's fault that he's fighting Bo Nickel? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> he better. He got me there. <laughs> the way you asked the question was very different than how you answered the question. <laughs> kind of a little. It sounded like you rethought it halfway through. <laughs> no, the, like... Don't be bad if you don't want to be an opponent. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you, yeah. You're brought in as a, as a stepping stone. <laughs> Put on a show. Let's see if you can knock him out. You've got a puncher's chance. Yeah. Um, but Bo's going to steamroll this guy. That's my yeah. take. Um, you think there's a lot of evolution from where he is now to where he's going to, where they need him to be to where, because I feel like he's kind of ready-made is, is my point. Like, I'm not sure there's a ton of stuff he's going to bother to add to his game. I agree. He from his perspective. He reminds me I, of Rashad Evans, a national champion, just ready to go. I think I think the thing that he's going to be missing the most, he's got all this skill, but and athleticism. Yeah, absolute freak athlete, very very skilled. Is he able to put off the same show, the same fight in the big show under the lights? So this is this is where you see he's a, a lot proven of guys. winner. Is he's a, a lot proven of guys winner? He's got three fights. He's a proven competitor, though. Like I mean, he's competed at the. I bet if you ask him what's more prestigious in his in, in the, if at the end of his career when he's 50, of course of course he's gonna of course he's, he's gonna, gonna say that his wrestling medals are the thing that he did. This is 
this is post, this is retirement right. for him. Right. And this and is his Boca Raton years. To, to that point, Dave, he would have a gold medal in wrestling were it not for the coach's selection. He was supposed to be a gold medalist. I do think Ben has a point, though. Even though I said what I said, I think that everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And nobody's really been able to punch Bo in the mouth yet. I don't well, think it's Jamie not going to be Jamie Pickett. Pickett. It's not going to be Jamie Pickett. But somebody is going to punch him in the mouth. The worst part of the it. of the of the fact that they're throwing him like a carcass to this guy is that he actually his biggest problem is he fucking starts slow. Like right. the guy that's going to beat Bo Nickel if this guy exists, if it's Hamzat or whatever. <clears throat> every time you see you, you said Rashad Evans, right? Every time you've seen a, a freestyle wrestler this good, like that level up comes in. The, the guy that beats him is the guy that can also wrestle, right? So they cancel each other out, and then it's like, okay, who wins, like, the fist fight? That's not Jamie. It will be a rampage. Yeah. Jamie Pickett's going to get fucking mauled because what you need to do is you need to start punching him in the head right away. Right away. When the, when the, when the bell rings, you need to start punching this dude in the head and stuffing his takedowns if you can. And so that's I think, Jamie Pickett. I think talking about the odds in this fight doesn't make sense, but I wanted to ask Ben. They're picking how he finishes this fight is going to be very important. Obviously, being a freestyle wrestler with Greco-Roman background, what do you think he does here? Do you think he tries to show everyone that he can stand up and bang? Do you think he tries to take it to the ground and submit him? Or do you think he goes for that ground and pound measure, which is what we're all thinking is good? I think most likely he takes it, uh, takes him down, pounds him out, gets the TKO. Um, if he was smart, uh, I think he would get it over quickly. But, you know, this it's on him right now to put on the show, to become what everybody wants him to be, to be the exciting fighter, this unbeatable guy. Come out here, hit him with any weapon that you have, take him down, beat him up. Um, is that smart in your first couple of fights? No, I, I think I think he needs to start facing some stiffer competition. And when and when you talk about him versus uh, Hamzat, you think about Hamzat's fight versus uh, who was the Brazilian guy that he just fought? Um, I thought he just uh, fought Kevin Holland. Was he last. just fought Kevin Holland, which that was embarrassing. Oh well, Ned, come on. Um, the yeah, the that guy that oh, the no, guy that fought, really, um, man, this is this right is this looks that, right before that. Um, I'll just Google it. Hold but, on. I'll but no, but nobody. If if you fight somebody who's not worried about your takedowns, um, a, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, very very tough on the, off their back. Can, but can stand. Oh, Gilbert bang. Burns. Gilbert Burns. Gilbert, yeah, Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns. Absolutely fantastic. World champion. That was a great fight. That was a fucking yeah. great fight. Born I actually Burns. gave it to Burns too. Me too. To be Me too. We but we need to we need to see Bo against somebody like that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because great. like Gilbert Burns went in and he was like, "I'm just the toughest man that it's ever stood across from you," and like yeah. I'm also super skilled, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get some stuff from you in this fight, and you need to like still win. And I think so. But you guys are essentially saying the same thing. You're saying we we know that this is a foregone conclusion. It's almost a waste to waste this great spot on a John Jones card. Why is he on a John Jones card, though? You know, because you're looking at Bo Nickel as a freak fucking athlete that's coming in. You're like, this is this is the next generation of fighters card that we're putting on this big John Jones card where there's so so much grooming going on here. You said it earlier. This is a fight card that draws not just the MMA community, but everyone that wants to watch a fight. That's and true. What people, want, people will hear the name Bo Nickel and know it, and what they're going to see is a dominant performance, and that makes the UFC more popular. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I know why they're doing it. 
I, I think you guys as like sort of um, purists are saying like, I mean, we wouldn't be sitting around dedicating our time to recording a podcast about mixed martial arts if you weren't, right? But I think what you're saying is is valid. But from the UFC's perspective and from a fight building perspective, I think it's like pretty valid that they're going to just like let everybody know who this guy is, right? Just let let all those motherfucking fringe people that like don't know who Bo Nickel is know who he is, right? We all know who he is, but that might not necessarily be true of everybody. So, I mean, I think it's fair enough. Um, yeah, right. he's definitely going to run through Jamie Pickett. And just quickly, as, as far as a betting thing goes, you alluded to it earlier, Matt. Uh, method of victory and round. Those are easy calls. I'm not even, I didn't look up the odds on what you're getting on those, but they're not going to be great. I would put him on a parlay. Just, just try to stack your odds a little bit, whatever parlay you have going on. It's going to, you're not going to get great numbers, but if you want to just say finishes in the first round, met, like method of victory, TKO or submission ground, or like strikes, whatever. Um, I would put that in a parlay. Cause I don't think you're going to get great value off it. I have uh, him just, just for the list. I have him. First round TKO for the ground and pound minus two twenty, which is insane. It's not terrible, especially on a parlay. Ben, no, what would you parlay. say method of victory if you had to guess? Uh, wait, didn't we just do this? Yeah, but oh. you. But I'm saying if you're you're putting money on it now at this point, or what are you saying? You're saying it's submission. Oh, um, I think he TKOs him. Right. Um, I, I, I like I think value. He, there's value in I that. think he wants to sh- wants to show a little bit of power and that he can be brutal. Um, submission. I, I he think could he could faint without doing anything else. Faint a tank down, and th- this dude is going to react because his reputation is going to precede him. And then he could just punch the dude in the fucking face. He literally did that in the contender series. He just yeah. fainted a takedown. The guy bit huge on the takedown, and he just cracked him, and then like went to the ground and just finished him off. And it was like, oh. Okay, he, so I guess he, he doesn't have, have to establish takedowns. Like he I, might I, have the hardest punch while holding somebody's ankle I've ever seen. All those wrestling guys have that overhand, though. They all have that overhand. He Ben's right in the sense that like he's gonna need more than that. Remember when I know I keep referencing Connor, but like this is a a card built of guys that they want to be stars, right? Like th- this is like that's what this card is. So he does keep coming up. But you remember when Connor was like about to fight Chad and he was like, you're a fucking wrestler with an overhand. I fucking beat the shit out of guys like you all the time. And it was like, there was like a collective light bulb clicked across the whole USC. It was like, oh, maybe those guys aren't that scary. And then they all just started getting their asses kicked. Like the fucking, it was just, the myth was was busted. The bubble was burst. Um, I, I do think that I thought that was going to happen at Khabib. You know, I, I thought that he was going to meet the guy that was going to cancel out his wrestling. We he was thought gonna have to strike. You. Yeah, well, that, how'd that go? Um, but it didn't. So you know, whatever. And I, do I stay up at night thinking about it? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> uh, I love this next fight. I genuinely do. Jalen Turner uh, versus Matus Gamrot. I'll say very quickly. Matus Gamrot's probably the most well-rounded fighter that we've where we've talked about so far. He's like a seven or eight out of ten at everything. He's probably gonna win. I love Jalen Turner. I love Jalen Turner. He's so much fucking fun. He's the exact kind of fighter I like. He's got really good takedown defense, so he matches up really well against Gamrot. He's plus 25. I think there's a lot of value in a Jalen Jalen Turner win. Uh, anybody want to talk me out of it? No, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Yeah. Turner is 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 77% takedown defense. 77%. That's really I good. Love. He's, he's and 6'3". He's huge. And he's 6'3", huge. going against a 5'10 fighter. He's a boxer. He he throws beautiful hands. I am all on Jalen Turner here. Yeah. 
freakish freakish power too. This is a great fight for Jalen Turner to prove that he uh, that he's got more than just the striking. That he can he can keep up with the takedown defense of a very well rounded guy. Yeah. Um, but man, so exciting to watch the tarantula. Big oh, freak. He's great. Angly guy. He's great. And freakish power. I, I like seeing that in in the wiry guys. Yeah. Um, being able- exudes a confidence that only a man made of that much matter can like really exude. You know, like I really like his whole swag. Yeah. Uh, great nickname, like you said. And <clears throat> I think you're going to know how this fight's going to go in the first 30 seconds. I think that Gamrot's going to shoot. I think that if he doesn't ragdoll Jalen Turner right away, if Jalen Turner's just has, if we see that like, oh no, he's a tall guy thing happen, you know that thing where it's like, oh no, he's too tall. And then they just go flying through the fucking air because their limbs are just easier to grab. Like there's just more leg to grab and you're like, oh no. And they just get thrown around. If that doesn't happen, I think that we just see Gamrock get more and more tired and and Turner turn it on. And I, I can't believe the value in this bet, guys, to be honest with you. And I'm glad you're on the same page as me because looking this up today, I was like, he's the underdog? I was no. like, fucking take my money. I threw my wallet at the computer. That didn't work. I had to enter the number. But it was worth a try. I was excited. Um, oh, my God. I can't wait for this fight. I, I, I also think there's a strength of schedule issue here. Both guys have to prove that they can beat guys of each other's level. If Gamrot wins... He's that's such a tag. Like he has such a scalp. If Turner wins and the way he needs to win this fight, that's also like his his stock skyrockets. And, I, and you can really see the theme of how they match made this. I mean, we've touched on it 17 times now. You can see the, the theme of how this card has really come together. Everybody's like it's it's the volatile stock card. You know, it's like that's a lot. We're going to know a lot after after we watch all these fights. And this is a, a yet another example. I'm all over Jalen Turner. Uh, Plus, he's coming off that huge loss to Dariush. Everybody loses to that guy. Everybody loses to that guy. It's really weird. I don't know why he's good. I I can't explain why he's he's good. He's just a well-rounded fighter, I think. I know, but he keeps winning. Like, you're just beating, like, really good guys. Like, no one wants to fight him. Like, nobody wants to fight him. And, like, it's tough for him to get it. He deserves a title shot. He hasn't gotten it yet. Absolutely. I'm not really sure why he's good. Um, oh, yeah, God, I'm so fucking excited about Jalen Turner. The problem we're recording these on a Thursday, too, is I keep thinking it's tomorrow, but I'm going to put yeah. the show out on Friday and it will be tomorrow for the listeners. So lucky them and their magic little ears. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else on Jalen Turner and, and Gamrod? I think it is pretty straightforward, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Best value bet on the card. Maybe. I think so. I think so. I'd go f- full money line. Don't let anything else ruin it. Just, just, money just bet it. Just bet it pure Jalen Turner. Yep. Um, Jeff Neal and Shavkat Rachmanov. Might be the most exciting fight on the card. Might be, be the least likely uh, looking guy to be named Shavkat Rachmanov. Like that is like a real bait and switch when you actually see it. Where's he from? Tajikistan, right? Yeah. And he's a, a master of the sport and combat Sambo. And like they have fucking Buffer's going to probably say that beforehand. Um, He's freakish and he's going to be Jeff Neal's ass. He's like a million and oh, I think he's like 17 and oh. Uh, he's got some names under his belt already and he's going to do that thing that those guys do and he's going to beat up Jeff Neal. However, Jeff Neal's spry and he's a lot of fun. I know you're a, you're a Jeff Neal fan, right, Ben? Yeah, I love watching Jeff Neal. I like watching him uh, use, his, use that elbow range and long kicks. He's a powerful... You already sound disappointed. You're going to admit that he's going to lose by the end of this. Time. Oh, yeah. You know, he's going to get rocked. 
this is just one of those guys. Um, you you run into guys like this in your career. Um, the Sambo guys, I know you made this point earlier that you think it's boring. I think these guys are exciting. Oh I, I know. Here comes the fucking Reddit admin to tell I us. Agree. I agree with Ben. <laughs> Fuck you guys. You guys, everybody agrees with you guys. I mean, I'm, I'm aware of it. I agree. So, I know why I'm biased against them. I'm aware. I'm self-aware enough to realize that I'm very clearly here as a Conor McGregor fanboy. And uh, he, he hurt my friend. But uh, and I admit it, you're 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 correct. Yeah, they've got uh, a lot of the Samo guys have that very similar entrance to grappling um, because of the uh, the gi top and the shorts. They go for the single leg easier to grab and to hold the gi from there. Um, or at least that's my take on it. It's purely anecdotal. Don't quote me on that. I I'm think... literally going to quote you on that. I'm going yeah, to yeah. quote you as well. Like this is yeah, a podcast. Yeah. You're quoted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well. fair. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I, I think this guy ragdolls uh, Jeff Neal. I think uh, he's been exciting. He's been he's been proving himself. Um, Jeff has struggled to do so. Um, the uh, the higher opponents that he's faced, he's lost to. Uh, I just Maggie. think like a like if Luck broke his way a little bit differently a couple of times, you know, I just feel like if ah there was just a couple of different little things that happened with Jeff Neal, he was on a razor's edge of becoming this version of him where he's going to get like you said earlier. Like, is it his fault that he's fighting Shavkat? I'll kind of you know it's like little bit you put yourself here buds yeah and it's like but it's like he it's too bad that jeff neal's getting is one of the is one of the carcasses to fight the lion on on this card because well, there's not a lot of close fights on this card i don't know if you guys have picked up on a theme well jeff neal <laughs> did earn this fight he earned this fight because there's no there's no doubt that jeff cut is rising fast in one of the hardest divisions to fight in he uh jeff neal Pieced up Vincenzo Luco, which was a wild fight that we both watched. Yeah, uh, we we tweeted it back yeah. and forth. Um, it's just unfortunate because I just don't see him pulling this out. Now I I I love Jeff Neal as well, and he's talking a lot of shit leading up to this. Just feel like you don't want to talk shit to people that are from the stands of the world, the Kazakhstan yeah. stands. <laughs> They're living a harder life than us. They just have more to go for here. <laughs> yeah, that's my gambling mind. I don't bet against these guys anymore. The Dagestans, I'm just not doing it the anymore. Crimea, the Crimean Peninsula is off limits. As if far you as were owned by the USSR, I'm not really <laughs> going to bet against you. Something special has to happen. Yeah. So that's where I am. <laughs> if you're part this. of the Russia land border that has kept them safe for thousands of years, if Napoleon can't beat them, I can't beat them. If you were an oblast, you're going to be a good fighter. That's my. <laughs> I agree. I think it's psychotic to fight one of those fucking people. I think, of course, the best fighters in the world came from the steps. You know, like, of course <laughs> they did. Like, they, they traveled from the from the front. Rocky Four, they didn't lick that shit off the fucking grass. Like, Ivan Draga was, was scary because he was from Russia. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No. Let me just tell you from experience, fighting those guys is different. Um, yeah. My fight against uh, Elvis Gashi. Um, oh, was he one of those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Um, Wait, tell that story of when you first felt like his strength. Oh, man. It's <laughs> such a good story. I start to get anxious just thinking about it. Elvis is out there. Hey. I imagine so. <laughs> um, he, yeah, so it's funny. Wants get signing, signing on the line for that fight. I remember watching... Uh, a quick video on him and just being like, this guy is undefeated. Let's do it. And, uh, you know, nothing crazy leading up to it. Got in the ring with him. He looked full, looked very strong. I came out. 
I immediately was aggressive, hit him as hard as I could, cracked him with the kick, didn't affect him. He shook it. I, I, no, no. He shook his head at me after I kicked him as hard as I could. And he didn't move. And then we, and then um, he threw a kick with blinding speed. Um, <laughs> it, uh, it popped me, grabbed onto me, and it felt like a man fighting a boy. It really, <laughs> Jesus, man, he, man, he tossed me. But put me in the front seat with, me, with him again, and I'll whoop his ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know what? I, uh, I think it is, it's, it's anecdotal, but I think to me it proves that I'm, I'm not going to fight one of them either. I think you guys are 100% correct. I don't think it's a good idea. Um, and Jeff Neal, more power to you, but I think um, it reminds me of the scene in Mortal Kombat, the way you tell that story when like the first kickboxing champ fights Prince Goro. And he's like, all right, here we go. And he's just like, wow, what 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 And then Goro like just like crushes his head. <laughs> what, what, is up with, what is up with those middling fighters in that movie and the overwhelming combat? Like yeah. that, 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 that guy, to Goro? <laughs> he's still a monster. He's a swarmed monster. It's not like you, you were like, oh, look, a human just like me. I'm very confident. I'm going to beat him. It's like, no, that's a literal mythical being. <laughs> and did you know he existed before this point? It's like, Let's go. Lace them up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. Um, speaking of mythical beings, um, Valentina Shevchenko is from the land of mythical beings. She's fighting Alexa Grasso, a Mexican yes. boxer who, I'm going to be honest, guys, I have this weird little tingle. I got this weird little tingle about how this fight's going to go. And I think I don't like betting against tough Mexican boxers. I, I, I have a, a block in my head about betting against very, di like if we're talking about areas of the world where good fighters come from, you know, like when you're scrolling the Street Fighter character select menu, there's a reason why they were like, this is the Brazilian guy. This is the guy from America. And he's got like a crew cut. Um, Mexican boxers are the best boxers. They're very tough. There's a very, there's a lineage. There's a style. Alexa Grasso brings that. I think the champion has a quality challenger here. And Shevchenko was starting to get into that realm of, that Amanda Nunez got into and John Jones got into in the light heavyweight division where they were just throwing like the fifth and sixth and seventh rank, ranked guys at her. And I just think it's incredibly difficult in the men's division, the women's division, any weight, it's incredibly difficult to keep a streak alive at a championship level. There's the people that I've seen do it better than anyone else. When they kept going, they still ended up losing. Something starts to happen when you're a champion for that long. Kamara Usman, Amanda Nunez, John Jones almost got got by Dominic Reyes, who we know for sure is not as good of a fighter as John Jones and never will be, right? Yeah, I mean, people gave him that fight. Some people gave him that fight. Not me, but some people. I don't know about you guys, but... Shevchenko's due, I think, is essentially what I'm saying. And I know she lost to Amanda. She couldn't, like, move up, whatever. That was a side mission. Alexa Grasso, if she faints, if she doesn't let Valentina leave, lead the dance, if she decides the distance, I mean, she's plus 550. Valentina's minus 900. You could take a punt on this. I think there's some value here. Am I crazy? No, I don't think you're crazy. I don't think you're crazy. I think Alexa Grasso comes from camp down in Mexico. That is that specializes in training women boxers converting. That's um, scary. It, it absolutely is scary. I think to bet on Shevchenko here outright would be nuts. She's plus eight hundred, which is a crazy number. And you're right; it just happens. People 
in the UFC, it's not like boxing where you maintain your belt for decades. You literally have your due coming. I do hate the fact that it's it's Valentina's one one win away from the Ruby belt defense. I, I that seems has anyone done this? Part, uh, people have done, people have defended the belt. It's just a legacy. How many mark. times? That many times for women? I don't know for but in the UFC it ha- it's happened several times. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? This is the kind of bet. I would keep it away from a parlay. I would throw some money at grass just because we've watched it happen so many times. Yeah. We've watched champions game plan situation. It just exactly. fucks with like Valentina, or like maybe she's overconfident or whatever. You know, like anything can happen. I think Valentina is one of the best female fighters that has ever fought in the UFC. Have I, you guys? Have you guys seen Chael Sutton? Just oh, like, well, I, would, I was going to bring that up. <laughs> oh, I was going to bring up Chael Sutton for the next. Because he just keeps being like, she's a terrible person, and I really yeah. think it'd be a good idea if she just admitted that to the world. She wouldn't yeah. be tugging the curtain for John Jones on this card. And I'm like. I mean, that guy's a terrible person. I, he admits it. But, man, that's been funny this week. Chelsea. Yeah, great. He, known uh, known uh, money launderer, apparently the new star of Child's Play on Shutter. No, he's a little series. man that lives in my phone that makes me laugh sometimes. Look <laughs> at his face. Is. Look at his face. It's outrageous. The shit he's been saying about John Jones this week, he's like, I know your secret. Like, when they first started fighting, like, it's great. He, know, uh, he looks like Joan Rivers. <laughs> That's funny though. Um, yeah, you, but you saw that. You saw, he was like, where, where, where do you think he's coming from? I love listening to Chill. <laughs> I, 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 I think that guy's hilarious. He really. Uh, where do you think he's getting this information that Valentina? It's so random. It's like Valentina Shevchenko is actually a terrible person. Well, random, it's so pointed and aggressive. And Valentina, it's too specific to be wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he saw something, or he got left on red, or something like that, because he is pissed. At yeah. It's, He's mad. Um, um, but uh, but I'm going to go against you guys here. I think uh, I think the bullet takes this one. Um, I think if you if you look at Grasso, she's on the, she her wins are the majority decisions. Um, for her to come in and beat somebody like Shevchenko, I think she's she would have to knock her out or put her in danger in some way, which I don't think she's capable of doing. Sure, talented boxer, on and on. There's a difference in distance control when you're fighting somebody like Shevchenko, whose kicks are all over the place, who's in and out so quick, uh, like lightning. I think uh, I think the bullet takes this one uh, and handily. Yeah, you're probably right. I was thinking I was trying to talk myself into something because there's not a ton of value on this card, to be honest with you. I no. think you can win a lot of favorite base parlays, um, but there is I don't know. There's like a lot of banana skins in the favorites too. Like there's a lot of stuff that could happen. Speaking of, and I think this is a good transition to uh, the last few minutes we have here to talk about the main event. I know it's been talked to death by the entire MMA media, but I do want to get you guys' perspective on it. Um, the banana skin here potentially, obviously, being John Jones is moving up a weight class. He hasn't fought in quite some time, um, kind of because of the move up the weight class, but it was weird. I mean, there was weird stuff going on behind the scenes. I'm not sure what. I personally, if I had to guess, if I had to throw a dart at a, at a board to why, I think it's because he had no interest in fighting Francis Ngannou, and I don't fucking blame him. Um, I think Francis Ngannou would have murdered him, to, to be 100% honest with you. It's just like the size is insane. Uh, but he's I think he's still John Jones. I, I'm not taking anything away from him in that sense. Uh, Ngannou was a, an indomitable heavyweight champion to me. Like he was just he just encapsulated everything a, a heavyweight champion should be in in a combat sport. 
when a hole was opened up in his game by Steve Miocic with his wrestling, he just like went and just like out athletic that problem. Like he just figured it out because he's the strongest man in the world. Right. And I think, uh, and I think that, I mean, yeah, if he goes and boxes Tyson Fury, he's going to get a fucking head knocked off. I'm like, that's just ridiculous. It's not the same sport. It's fucking stupid. But John Jones, I just don't think John Jones would have been able to John Jones him. That being said, serial, serial, serial game, serial gone. Uh, whatever, what, uh, people are saying it a lot. I mean, John might be saying it weird just to be a dick. Serial gone. But he's been like sharing his show, his, his uh, notes on what he's seen in the tape. Like he's being very like, Oh my god, he's he's so bad. He's like, I'm gonna absolutely fucking annihilate him. Like his yeah. oh, he's got this like fancy footwork. Like I saw what Francis did to him. He's like, I'm gonna like just tire him out and then I'm gonna pick him apart. That's what I'm gonna do. This is what the tape says. I believe him. I really genuinely believe him. I think that this is a this is an absolute no-brainer. Don't overthink it. It's still John Jones and he's gonna go through him. Ben, you seem reticent to agree. This is a tough one. Oh. I think uh <laughs> I, I think I think John Jones is most likely going to take it. If, I if, if, he, bat- if he looks like what we think John Jones at heavyweight should look like. Yeah. If he's juiced up, comes in like he loves to be on every on everything, on every sort of synthetic under the sun. Um, I, I think he I think he's going to win and probably handily. He's one of the best, if not the best fighter that we've ever seen. Um, that being said, John excels against people he has a reach advantage on. And size on, which I don't have believe... size on DC necessarily, right? I mean, it's not in a way though. He's so big, he was like the tarantula in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, big, long, wiry, strong guy against someone like Cyril Gon. Cyril, I don't know if he has all the tools to beat him, but I think he has enough tools to make us a difficult fight. What Cyril does, which I really like, is he punches when you're punching. Because he's that skilled of a striker, he gets his head off the center line and throws at you, which interrupts your rhythm. I think John doesn't like getting hit. He's he's this guy who just walks through people. So Ben, I wanted to ask you this. I don't mean to interrupt you, but because there's a fascinating there's a fascinating thing that happens in this fight. Why did you do it? That you (laughs) probably have a perspective on where John Jones loves to get people against the cage and hand fight with them to get his elbows in there to get his hooks up into people's faces. What do you think, Zero Gone, being a Muay Thai fighter? Do you think he has that same approach here when we're talking about? Different weight, different sizes. They're matched pretty equally here. Do you think the hand fighting is is a real approach for him against Gon? Uh, I think he's going to use it because he it 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 opens up the eye poke. John's favorite technique. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, there's uh, nothing you I, can do about this. Why doesn't anyone just learn to go like this, like in the yeah, movies? Give him the three stooges and move on. I think. <laughs> uh, I, I think I think we see John try to implement that because why wouldn't he? Why would he change anything he's done when he's been so successful? He comes right. out and he tries to get you up against the cage, tries to control the range, pushes up, pushes up, pokes you in the eye, gets you. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I think Ben does not is not is no fan of John Jones. If the no, home can't tell. Yeah, yeah. Ben's yeah. not a fan of anyone that's been popped for PEDs. That's a fact. Yeah, yeah. Or 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 hit or hit a pregnant woman and didn't check on her. You know all, all these uh, beat. <laughs> The absolute okay. hell out of his Allegedly. wife. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely Allegedly. right. You're absolutely right. John Jones. John Jones is no great role model. He's no great yeah. role model. Terrible also, gun. I didn't love the glamour picks from his uh, from his, his his physique picks today in the uh, in the outfits in the Venom outfits. We were like, oh yeah, the Venom outfits look good on John Jones. And then I pulled it up. I was like, he looks he, like two hundred five DC. 
he he did look a little bit like Joe Black DC, actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, DC looked great at 205. That was difficult. Full, for him. <laughs> Full circle from the pilot, Morty. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, that's that's funny that you say that because, like, I can see the meme already if he gets knocked out. I'm just like 205 DC, and it's like, this is John's, like, the jokes are there. They're built in. Like, this is John's, like, uh, fall from grace arc is he has to go through what he put DC through because since like we had that conversation about Cody Garbrandt like that was the most depressing loss for like how you could tell the guy was going to take it before Cody Garbrandt came along DC is thrilled that Cody Garbrandt came along <laughs> because like DC like cried in the middle of the octagon it was like for me it's like look I don't know I don't know what it's like to push myself to that degree to like try that hard at something and like come up short I get it but also like don't cry at school dude like everyone's gonna see and everyone's gonna make fun of Leave that for the ride home. Like, My like it's okay to cry, but like please just do it in the fucking car because Dude. you're making us all look terrible, right? I there I have been backstage at fights too many times watching men openly weep after an absolute ass. Just get out of the cage first. Dude, get in the van and go home and say, Dude, to keep your chest up, yeah. put your shoulders up, get to the car. It was bad. It was bad. He it cried. He cried, and then, John, and then John kissed him on the top of that. Yeah, which was just <laughs> it's so much worse. Oh, my God. So, Ben, oh, let me ask you this, because as a Muay Thai fighter, and I know you personally, an amazing Brazilian jiu-jitsu artist, you've got John Joni, where if he's going to get in trouble in this fight, obviously he's going to drag Cyril down to the ground. I think right? he's going to start like that. I, I Yeah, I think, why not? Why wouldn't you? You saw think, what Francis did to him. Like, just go in and win. I think Bones is too cocky for that. I think he's going to try and stand up and show. Call him Bones. Nobody calls him Bones. I do. I, I'm I'm 100% with Matt on that one. I think I think John tries to feel him out on the feet and tries to and tries to poke him in the eye. That's not smart. Um, that's not the that's not, that's not the smart game plan. Just like do it's not the smart game plan. You're absolutely right. I just think you're talking about John, who thinks he is the best of all time. And I think he wants to remind people who's in there. But I yeah, think yeah. throwing down on the ground with John Jones is a world of trouble. Yeah. John, John has, John has been through God's toughest tests. And I think, <laughs> I think, I think we see him try to, uh, to walk through Cyril Gunn again and, uh, and test himself, show everybody that who he is, why he, why he is who he's he is. He's not going to be able to strike him at distance though. And like, if, like if Cyril, he's got a slight reach. I, I don't know. I just feel like if I'm if if I'm fighting Cyril, I'm John Jones, and I have that skill set. It's like he's gonna give me his leg really early. Like I'm just gonna wait for that to happen. He's gonna hand me his leg, and then I'm just fucking take him down. He's been he's one of the best wrestlers the UFC's ever seen. But he is literally the best fighter. He's probably the most dangerous man on the planet, right? Yeah, but he took down Daniel Cormier. Like he took, he took down that. Daniniel Cormier because the smart game plan there was to do a thing that Dan Daniel Cormier never would in a million years would have expected him to do. You're right. right. Just like attack with, him offensively with his wrestling. But he also stood with Gustafson. He's he's standing submitted Leota Machida. We're talking about the best fighter maybe of all. I feel like even though he's had his time off, that's still inherent. It's not like he was trained to be the best fighter. He that's, was yeah, born, but you're talking about you're talking about born the best we're fighter. All, we're all referencing highlights from 10 years ago. Like right. we're all talking about highlights from 10. I don't know necessarily think he's lost like a ton, but like for me. He's definitely at an age where I don't care what sport it is. Like athletically, he has to start making some adjustments and he's not an idiot. Like he really has a high fight IQ. And I just think like, 
I, I have faith in the idea. I mean, every every fight starts standing up, but I just have faith in the idea that he's going to go in there and he's going to win and he's not going to take any unnecessary risks. And I think that that's always been his game is he doesn't take unnecessary risks. I think that like Gustafson, I believe him that he like didn't train for that fight. I, I genuinely believe him when he says he didn't that. He train for that fight. Because when they fought Cormac. the second time, I was like, oh, okay. Maybe he didn't train for the first time. He fought Corn Corey. He was blowing coke the night before. You yeah. Know? I mean, he's a fucking beast. Don't get me he's wrong. He's actually the best fighter on the planet. I think he's going to handle Cyril. I just don't. After watching Gon lose how he did to Nganu, I just don't see him being able to handle John Jones. Do you agree I, that he's, he's the consensus best fighter ever? Or does that yes. whole steroids thing just say, like, there's an asterisk? Does nothing to me. He's the baddest motherfucker on the planet to me. Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, Come John on. Jones. Come on, get out of here. Yeah, come on, that. That's where that, I'm at. He's do. arguable yeah. in his own sport. That's is it, you could uh, you could make the case for George Saint Pierre right now. You could make it right now. You could make it for fucking Mighty Mouse right now. Like people can make these cases. You just reference a bunch of guys where there's no case. There's no case. Hey, you, Eric, you know, you sound silly if you're if you're saying that fucking uh, that if Tiger Woods isn't the best fucking golfer of all time or Tom Brady isn't the best fucking football player of all time. You sound silly. If you if you sit here and, and and try to sell me on the idea that George Saint Pierre is a better fighter all time consensus best ever than John Jones, you're not going to sound silly. There's there's a case to be made. There's, there's a case. A, to there's a full blown case to be made. And there's so this whole pound for pound argument too, which is like I hate the that. reason why I like I'm not saying I agree with you. I do think it is John. And the reason I think it's John is because I think that the best fighter is a heavyweight. And I, I think it might be a it might be a fucking silly thing to think. It might be old school thinking, but like I grew up watching boxing. And for me, pound for pound, like whatever, the heavyweight's going to beat your ass. That's just like the fucking facts. Like you need a like, scale for you to like. Pound so for pound, like, let, me watch, let me watch Mike Tyson fight Floyd Mayweather. Like get out of my face. Yeah. yeah the whole, well, that whole pound for pound thing is just like the, the baddest man on the planet. There's a reason why it's called that. And it's because you're the heavyweight champion of the world. That's the best thing to be. Is the, the best thing to be on the planet of Earth in, in our currently structured society. Of any sport or or achievement or anything, presidents, I don't give a shit. If you're the heavyweight champion of the world, you have the best life. You have the best life. People, I have never seen people be nicer to people who fight professionally. And when you're the best guy at that, no one is ever going to be mean to you. And they're not be. They're, I think it's genuine. I think people genuinely treat fighters like that. We we lionize them in a society. It's not like the service industry Absolutely. situation you have with other celebrities, where it's like. Oh, like, they, you know, they're the person supplying the money in the situation. I got to be like nice to them. It's like people genuinely respect fighters. And when you're the heavyweight champion of the world, that's actually just hit me. What John Jones is about to do to his legacy. Light heavyweight. Like he became basically the go to the sport at light heavyweight. And now he's going to go fight and be the heavyweight champion of the world. Yes. That's yeah. I mean, dude, actually, you're right. You know, I talked myself into it. I came full circle on my own. You're right. He actually is the best one. If he wins this fight and he becomes the heavyweight champion of the world, it, it actually the, the debate actually is over. It goes Conor McGregor, then him. So I really appreciate you guys coming on. That was a ton of fun talking through this card. Uh, just a quick disclaimer to everybody at home. We are not professionals um, in the gambling department and we lose as much as we win. So if you lose any money on anything we've said to you, these are informed opinions. But in the octagon, Anything can happen. So, just a uh, clarification: two uh, UFC fight nights in a row. Two fight nights ago, I went eight and one. Last fight night, I went one and nine. So you are really rolling dice. <laughs> so Matt's two. 
Matt's, Matt's doing another good weekend. Um, I'm on a heater, but only on Sundays. Saturdays, I, I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for for myself, uh, DK Sizzle, Dave Clark, for Benjamin Peak, uh, providing the expertise on on the inside baseball and the uh, technical stuff, and for my fellow generic gambler, Matt Wilcox. This has been missing the points. Check my oil. Have fun watching the fights, everybody. Are you a fan of classic cinema or a young person who wants to discover the best films of all time? Do these legendary movies still hold up? On the Generation Film Podcast, two guys who grew up when movies dominated the culture share a great film with a panel of young movie lovers and see how it plays for today's generation. We discuss changes in storytelling styles, representation, and the making of each film, its initial reception, and how its meaning has changed over the years. Join us as we explore cinema classics across generations on Generation Film. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric acid. Electric acid.